The Sharp and the Square, Season 2, Episode 3. Opening night has concluded, and it was a profitable one. Mr. Santube, how the hell are you? It was a good, fun night of college basketball, and it was a profitable one. Yeah, dude, it was uh, good to make some money uh, to start the season off on the right foot. Some, it was fun watching the, uh, the Champions Classic. Felt like I got a good read on where all of those teams stand. Um, I mean, not to overreact or underreact or anything like that early in the season, but um, I think it was, it was good to just watch them play college basketball and use your eyes to kind of understand who each team's best player is and, and what each team wants to do. So you're not just looking at a, a stat sheet, but otherwise it was, it was good. We found some valuable lines in the mid-major markets um, and uh, th- those cashed pretty easily across the board. So it was, a, it was a fun night, fun to have college basketball back, watching on my laptop, watching on the TV. Um, and <laughs> this, is, this is it. Now we're in it for the, for the long haul. Every day, baby. Um, there's a couple interesting games that the lines really moved. And depending on the number you got was very important. So it just goes to show you early on here, numbers do matter. The number you bet matters. And it, it's a, the perfect case study is Florida International. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Talk so, about them because you were sure. on them early and then yesterday the line really shot down. Yeah, Matt. So for example, um, Florida International, they opened at I think 11 and a half. Um, my line was seven, which means that nine, nine and a half or better really is a valuable play. Cause I want that two points of, of value. Um, and the line, it, it just moved. It moved all the way down through my number of seven, all the way down to six and a half. And uh, sure enough, Florida International lost by seven. Like that was the that, that's how it ended on a uh, on a last second three pointer too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a on a last second meaningless three. Yeah. That, yep. That didn't didn't really have any bearing on 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 me because I had eleven and a half. And I mean, but I guess if you took like an if you took any number as it came down like that, I guess that was a pretty wonky shot. Um, but that's a that's a case study in why line line matters. It closed at six and a half. There were five points of CLV there. If you took it at 11 and a half at the open um, and college basketball, dude, it, we have stories like this every night in college basketball. The number <laughs> matters. In co- I, I promise you the number matters in college basketball more than any other sport. I really believe that it is. Yeah. It is crazy. Um, how, like how, how fine those little, those little one and two points, like it's just, it's important. It's really important. So um, really important so- to get the best number over the long term. Right. So FIU covers. That was one of our bets that Justin gave out on the pod yesterday. Let's go through uh, a couple of our other ones to recap. Uh, Rice minus four and a half. This is one you had pegged. You thought Rice was going to roll and they did. They beat Pepperdine 82 to 63. Am I saying that right again? Pepperdine? No, it's Pepperdine. It's Pepperdine. Yeah, I said Pepperdine on purpose. They uh, Rice smacked them around. Rice is is the real deal. I mean, they're they're, they're really – they, I don't know how they'll be able to defend when they play some of the other elite teams in the Conference USA, like Western Kentucky and, and Louisiana Tech. But, I mean, their offense, just pure offense, is as good as any in the country. They shoot the ball at a high level. They've got a ton of playmakers all over the floor. They pass well well. They're well coached. I mean, this was a this was a nightmarish game for Pepperdine. <laughs> like, they, a young team, like, breaking in against a roster that is completely, like, like clicking on all cylinders. This was – I mean, rice to the moon. I, I mean, yeah, they were, they rolled them. Like it was, yeah. It uh, oh, you, you gave out Ohio plus three and a half. They won easily at home against Belmont. I don't know if you saw anything on that one. Yeah, no, I watched the whole game. Um, 
I, uh, that was the game of the night. Yeah. Like just, just plain and simple. That was the highest level, like most fun game of the night. High scoring, high scoring, tons of shot making two of the best mid-major teams in the country that could very well be like very frightening 12 seeds come March, like all right. And they were just exchanging punches and, um, Ohio's fucking good, man. They made a ton of shots, like a ton of shots. Uh, I mean that the handicap for me was, I mean, I had, my line was closer to a pick them. Um, it was Ohio at home. I mean, this is like a, this is like a, a Santip special. And I think you'll see this as the season season unfolds, you know, you've got a lot of people betting the small favorite on the road. I'd love to come back on the, on the unloved home dog. And right. I feel like that's like my, my bread and butter. And that was that, that was that uh, with Ohio and um, they looked great. So it was a fun game. Before we get into the champions classic, I also gave out Purdue minus 21 and a half. That got up to like 22, 23 and a half Purdue rolled. They win by 29, 96 to 67. That was one of those blind bets of my night because I didn't know anything about Bellerman uh, other than, Purdue's really good and they return all five starters and they rolled 96 to 67. There's a couple other games. I wish I had like St. Bonaventure was 20 point favorites. They covered easily. Villanova was 24 and a half point favorites. They covered easily. Um, so, you know, there's just stuff like that, that you wish you had. Um, but there's also tons of games that teams were high, uh, big favorites and they didn't cover the spread. Arkansas didn't cover Ohio state one on a buzzer beater, um, so, you know, that, that's what happens there. Virginia lost outright. Georgia tech lost outright. Right. Nebraska lost outright. So, I mean, if we, if you just go through that, I mean, just like a, a word of caution to, to start to go back and think like, Oh, I should have been on this. I should have been on that. Like okay. you make your valuable plays and we do it. We go, we, we go forward and hopefully we win more than we lose. Absolutely. All right. Champions classic. Let's get into that quickly before we talk yeah. about Wednesday night's games. Uh, first game was Kansas, Michigan State. I gave out Kansas on the pod. Justin, you ended up adding it later, which I love. Um, you weren't so bullish on it on the pod. You did lean Kansas, but you wouldn't give it out as a play, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like I'm trying to be very disciplined with my numbers earlier in the season. And, like, as I said, two points of value is, like, the one, is what I want, like, based on against my power ratings earlier, like, at this point in the season. So, the number I needed was three and a half. When I got the three and a half, I was happy to join you. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's a good thing to be disciplined this early in the season, especially yeah. when, when you don't really know like what each team is completely. So, right. So number was three and a half. I bet it at four and a half. It came down yeah. to three and a half. Back clo- um, I think closed at four and a half. Closed at four and a half. So there you go. Uh, Kansas wins eighty-seven to seventy-four. Uh, Ochai Baji just just went off for twenty-nine, uh, three of six from downtown. Um, Remy Martin had 15. Nice little piece to add for Agbaji. Um, other than that, nothing crazy impressive. Kansas is a kind of small team, um, wouldn't you say? Because I thought early on in the game, it looked like uh, Bingham Jr., the center for Michigan State, was going to have his way. He only finished with 10 points and seven rebounds. But this is a Michigan State team that, like, who are they going to rely on? And that's what we talked about yesterday on the pod. Who are they going to rely on to score? And, you know, they got 13 points off the bench from uh, Marble. But in their starting lineup, 10 from Bingham, 10 from Brown, 10 from Joey Hauser, or eight from Joey Hauser, rather. Uh, So nine from Christie. 
this is going to be a Michigan State team that struggles, I think, to find that guy. And Kansas really does have that guy, and they have a few of those guys, and that's why they won and covered pretty easily here. Yeah, I mean, Kansas is my number one team in the country for a reason. Right. Like, their roster is loaded, and Bill Self's an excellent head coach. And, like, they just wore down Michigan State with, like, their, their multitude of options. They can throw right. it inside for a bucket to David McCormick. They have elite three-point shooters on the outside and Christian Brown and Oche Agbaji. They've got awesome point guards that make things happen. Remy Martin is a scorer. Dewan Harris is a passer. Like, they bring some top 50 recruits off the bench. Like, Mitch Lightfoot is kind of like a – he's like an undersized center, but he's always in the right place at the right time. He defends at a high level. He finishes everything at the rim, and he rebounds hard. He's like the perfect backup center. And, like, they didn't even have Jalen Wilson last night, who might be their best player. Like, Kansas is loaded, and that was a really hard matchup for Michigan State. I thought Michigan State played well, like, and still lost by 13. Right. Um, but, Matt, you're spot on. Like, they – who is their go-to guy? I don't see it being Gabe Brown. I think they need it to be Joey Hauser, but I don't think he's got the alpha mindset to be that guy. Um, I was really impressed with AJ Hogard, their point guard off the bench last night. Um, I thought he did a good job getting to the basket, making things happen, but I mean, there's not a lot of shot making there. Um, they're relying on some newcomers to be key pieces and Tyson Walker and Max Christie. And I'm just, I mean, they will be a tournament team is that we'll have them rolling in February, March, and we'll be, we'll be betting them plenty then. But they got a lot of lot of pieces that they're trying to p- put together. And, I, I mean, they have a home game next week, uh, a road game next week, Matt, against Butler. And Butler's not fully healthy. But, I mean, if they are come next week, like, that is going to be a really hard game for Michigan State to go into Hinkie, Hinkle Fieldhouse and um, play, play a pretty talented Butler team. So just a heads up. Right. So then after that Kansas Michigan state game, it was Duke Kentucky. This was our only loss of the night. Both of us were on Kentucky um, plus one and a half. It got up to plus three and a half. Um, I think it closed around what? Two and a half, one and a half, two and a half. And And Kentucky loses by a score of 79 to 71. Um, Justin, what was your takeaway from this one? Um, Duke was excellent. That was my takeaway. I didn't feel like Kentucky played that poorly. Um, like Duke is big. They are physical. They are athletic. And like their freshmen, their two best freshmen, yep. Trevor Keels and Paolo Bancaro are elite basketball players. I think we knew this about Bancaro. The difference was like Trevor Keels, who was not even a top 20 consensus recruit, was excellent. Yep. I mean, he was freakish, freakishly good. 25 he is, points. He is six foot five. He's probably about 220, 225 pounds. He's built like a middle linebacker, defensive end hybrid in, in the NFL. He is like ridiculously athletic. He's intimidating. First off the bus guy. He finishes everything at the rim. He seen he looked like a pretty good shooter. Um, and they were they were just kind of clicking. Um, so I was. Dude, I was I was really impressed with Duke. I, more so than I was like disappointed in Kentucky. Like I would take that number again. I mean that I, there was a lot of value there. I I think they're all when all is said and done, I think they'll be roughly equal. And we were getting you know plus value on the Cats, but man, Duke impressed me, and I did upgrade them quite a bit in my power ratings last night just after watching them play. Duke shoots the ball from downtown yesterday, one of thirteen, and they still win by eight. That just goes to tell you what kind of game Duke had. 
Um, they made 50% of their field goals other than their three pointers. So yeah, they're, they're huge, Matt. They, yeah, they are right. big, they are strong, they are physical and they, they get to the rim and they get to the foul line. And like, that's, that's going to be hard to, hard to stop. Right, right, right. Okay. So on to Wednesday night, we were, depending on what you had, mostly we had one loss. Other than that, it was all wins yesterday. So let's keep it rolling into Wednesday. It's an interesting Wednesday slate. And by interesting, I mean, kind of lame. There's really no big games here. Um, but a game that you do have a play on, and that's one of the better games of the night, is Buffalo at Michigan. And right now the spread is 15 and a half. I know you're kicking yourself because yesterday was 18 and a half, but that's what happens in college basketball. The lines move, numbers change. Um, so you lean Buffalo here. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll play Buffalo at 15 and a half. I mean, I, I would probably play it down to 14 and a half. Um, this is the best game of the night. I mean, this is really good under the radar game. I mean, Buffalo is like, I mean, they're, they're, they're good. Like I think they might be the best team in, um, in the Mac. Uh, they return like so much talent um, from a team that was towards the top of the conference last year. Uh, like Josh Mbala, who's their center and Jonathan Williams, who's like kind of a hybrid forward. These guys are like high major type talent and they're going to be really hard to guard. Um, four starters are back from last year's Buffalo team. They bring back, um, they bring in, I should say, a couple really interesting transfers that can score the ball in the wing. Um, their point guard, Ronaldo Sigu, is a really good shooter who gets his teammates involved. Like they know what they are. Like they're a good basketball team and Jim Whitesell does a really good job with them. Um, obviously, Michigan's excellent. A lot of people love Michigan to win the national championship. I'm sure they will be very good when all is said and done. But right now, they've got two proven guys, Hunter Dickinson, who's superb, um, and Eli Brooks, who I, I don't really trust as like a, a star player. I think he's more suited to be just a solid role player. And they're breaking in like a ton of newcomers. So I just think it's a really difficult game for Michigan that is super talented, but like has a lot of new guys to the roster, a lot of turnover against a Buffalo team that really knows what they are um, and has their sights set on the NCAA tournaments. This is a, a kind of a, a barometer type game for Buffalo and going into Michigan, I think they'll be motivated. Um, and I think they can keep it within 15 points. Um, I don't know if I would be eager to take them on the money line. Like, I don't think they could, right. I don't think they're, I don't think it's worth that kind of a flyer, but it, I mean, they're talented enough to, to be in the mix and, I've seen this Buffalo team play high major teams tight on the road. I mean, they took Syracuse to overtime last year. Um, two years ago, they, they nearly knocked off UConn. I mean, this is, they're, they're not afraid. So I'm more than happy to take Buffalo with the points. I'm not afraid to take a stand. That's with Buffalo tonight, right, Justin? Everybody. Yeah, let's go. Um, okay. So Buffalo with the points, I like it 15 and a half. And that's probably, you think that'll go up or down at this point? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know now. I, I think, I think if, if I liked Buffalo and I do, it's tough to like, it opened at 18 and a half. So it, right. I'm already losing three points of value, which is a tough pill for me to swallow. Right. Uh, at this point, I'm thinking like, well, I'm going to wait and see if there's some buyback on Michigan, which I think is possible now that the public wakes up and they're like, Oh, I want to start betting college basketball. Yep. Right. Cause the line movement was on the sharps that are betting the opener. 
And now we'll see today the guy, the public guys that are going to come in and, and move the line back with their, you know, spraying money because they don't really know Buffalo and they see Michigan is Michigan. Michigan should blow out Buffalo. So I, I think there's a chance it moves back up. Um, if it comes down and comes down to 14 and a half, like that, that'll be my buy point. Like I'll just buy the 14 and a half and whatever happens happens, but I think it'll move back up in Michigan's favor. All right. And then your other game tonight that you have a play on is Florida Atlantic at New Mexico. Yeah, hold your fucking nose, bro. <laughs> yeah, oh boy, a stinker. Yeah, um, New Mexico's bad. Yeah, they were bad last year, um, but they bring in you know Richie Patino and Ooh, Rich and, a Pitino. Couple, and a couple high major transfers that played key roles on good teams last year. Um, Jamal Mashburn Jr. was a starter for Minnesota. He comes over. Jalen House is one of the best on-ball defenders at the point guard position in all of college basketball. He comes in from Arizona State. Um, Taryn Todd, he comes over from TCU. So, like, there's there's enough talent there um, where I'm willing to just kind of buy in on Richie Patino and and see what they have to offer. So, there, this is another small home dog. Um, New Mexico did not really play home. I don't think they played home games at their home arena, the pit all last season because of COVID protocols. So like this is their first game back at home. So I think the crowd will be rejuvenated a little bit back in the stands, um, new head coach, new roster, tons of turnover and Florida Atlantic comes in. And I mean, FAU was kind of a middle of the road team in the conference USA last year, but they lost two of their best players. I mean, one of their, like their best player, Jalen Ingram transferred to Georgia. Like he was an up transfer. They've got a couple good guards um, in the backcourt, good shooters, who play well off of each other, but I mean, they have not been a very good program for a long time. And I think it's, it's a tough ask for Florida Atlantic to kind of travel across the country to New Mexico, play in a pretty tough environment and like cover as road favorites. Like, I just think that's a tough ask. My number's closer to, to actually New Mexico by one or two. Um, and I would take it as New Mexico as a, as a pick or better. And I think mm, not really a pick or better, as long as you're getting points in New Mexico, I would take it. So Right now it's two and a half. Fine by me. New Mexico plus two and a half. I have not pulled the trigger yet um, because I think there is a chance that that people say exactly what you said. New Mexico sucks and bet it up to three, three and a half. Sure. Um, I'm going to be a little patient, but I mean two and a half is plenty fine. So I will I will be on New Mexico in a, in a late night affair against Florida Atlantic. Okay. Is there anything else on this card? Because I like I I don't have a play today. I really don't, and that's okay. That's totally fine. But. I feel bad not giving one. <laughs> um, is there anything? Do you want to talk? We can talk Rutgers Lehigh. Oh, let's um, let's talk Rutgers Lehigh a little bit. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know shit about Lehigh. Um, I'm excited to see what Rutgers has. I yeah. wouldn't bet this if I had you know gun to my head. I wouldn't play anything. So. Yeah. I mean, Rutgers is a twenty and a half point favorite in the game. So. Yeah. Whatever. I mean. Yeah. I don't, who knows? I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know anything about Lehigh. Um, I'm just excited to see Rutgers basketball in person again. Right. Um. Let me see what else. There's Penn at or Florida yeah. Penn at Florida State. That's a 19 and a half point spread. That yeah, one's kind yeah, of that, that is interesting. So that's an interesting game. Um, Penn didn't play last year because the Ivy League didn't play. But last we saw Penn, they had some key pieces and they were like towards the top of the Ivy League. And like their point guard Jordan Dingle, if he's healthy, he he's a really good basketball player. Like there's not like just he's a really good basketball player and i think that i don't know i mean if you're if you want a blind shot in the dark on a game that'll be on it after the rutgers game and on tv like 
I think Penn can keep that thing within 20 points. I mean, they'll, they'll slow the pace. They'll make some shots. They're not going to be afraid. Right. And like, it's, that's a tough game for Florida state um, to just cover 20. I mean, that's a tough ass for a Florida state team. That's breaking in a lot of new pieces to cover 20 against Penn. Just if you're looking for a blind shot, Kansas state, Florida, A&M Penn state, Youngstown state. This is a really poopy slate. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, okay, tonight, then. yeah, tonight and tomorrow night are both um, rough slates. Yeah, it, just a quick look ahead. It looks like the next the, – the, tomorrow night slate could be even worse. I think it is worse. Yeah, yeah. I think it is worse. The, the two best games of, of the night tomorrow night are Vermont and Northern Iowa, which is medi- moderately interesting from the mid-major perspective, although yeah. Northern Iowa just lost to, like, a really bad team last night. Not sure how that happened. And then uh, George Washington and Maryland, which I might end up having a play on, just a – just a just a little foreshadowing. But um, then Friday Friday night and Saturday night, we got some good games. We do. So. We do have some good games. So better times ahead on the pod for sure. So Justin likes Buffalo with the points and tech, um, New Mexico with the points tonight. Uh, that's what we're rocking with here on a sharp in the square. I got nothing. I'm not going to give out a play. I'm not going to try and force anything, especially with teams here that I – I mean, I, you just look at this slate, this card. There's not teams that I – know much about especially you know i know they're going up against a lot of small teams here some of the bigger teams and there's a lot of high point spreads so i'm gonna stay away maybe i'll add something later and we'll talk about it tomorrow but i'm staying away for now but mr Soundtube, it was a pleasure talking to you episode three of season two uh we're off to a hot start and that's all we can ask for yes sir bro let's keep it going and winners are you tonight yeah, yeah, go are you. Can't wait to be yeah, back at, uh, yeah. at the, the Rack. Oh, wait, Jersey Mike's Arena. Yeah, bro, you can't say the Rack anymore. It's Jersey I, Mike's Arena. It's Jersey Mike's Arena. It's not the Rack. Yeah, $28 million talks, all right? Um, all right, Justin, we'll uh, talk tomorrow.